0: If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March
1: Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid.
0: Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. All right, folks, welcome back to this Mountain West Wire podcast. I'm Jeremy Moss, MWCWire.com. Catch us over at collegefootballnews.com. We're all just hanging out in that little hub with a few other sites joining us as well. This show today, it's a season's here for college football, but we're looking way ahead to April or whenever the 2018 NFL Draft is. We're going to bring on... Justin Mello, um, follow him on Twitter. There's a lot of places he does great work. Um, at Justin M underscore NFL. He does stuff for Draft Breakdown. We use that. Definitely check out their video breakdowns or articles. He does stuff for the Draft Wire. It's part of USA Today, kind of where we're tangentially uh, located at as well with um, USA Today. He also does some other work for the NFL, or excuse me, the Titans wire, so Tennessee Titans stuff. But we've already ch- I've already chatted with Justin. Great interview, great insight. We go over about half a dozen-plus um, prospects for, from the Mountain West, includes going over the receivers, Michael Gallup, Devontae Boyd. We definitely talk Josh Allen. you got to wait for that sort of near the end. But we do chat with him about the quarterback situation in the NFL, what teams are looking for with Allen, or any quarterback overall, as we discussed, the big three, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen as well. But let's get to the interview right now. No more hearing about me, um, chatting about, oh, I guess one one couple note here. Twitter, of course, ob- obligatory mention, MWC Wire. Follow us on Facebook, Mountain West Wire. We're going to start doing a few new things there shortly. Subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review. Um, share it to friends. That definitely helps us out. And now let's get to the interview, and we'll be talking some NFL draft. All right, and now we're going to be talking, like I said before, some extremely early probably sure to be wrong predictions on my end about the nfl draft but we have an expert justin Mello, is going to help us out doing some draft stuff go he does stuff at draft breakdown so you've to add draft breakdown twitter i've used those videos forever which are always pretty good breakdowns and then also the, the draft wire the usa today site and then also Titans stuff too at titan's wire so thanks for hopping on in august and because the draft's like still eight months away but there's always something to talk about it seems like
1: it, it, it's a year-round thing it's a year-round thing for me I'm glad to be here so what do you do because you drafts
0: over clearly college football season started what what do you kind of do let's kind of chat about kind of what you do at this point of the year are you just looking at or you see a handful once a month 2018 mock drafts guys transfer schools or new guys coming in? For college, what, what's your process now for the draft? Just looking at who could be the top 100 guys or you organizing your board or what are you kind of looking at as it summer ends and the season the beginning for college?
1: Uh, I just kind of look everywhere. You know, talent, uh, you find talent where you can. A lot of guys I'm intrigued about. Uh, I haven't really got into board organizing yet. It's a little early for that. But uh, right now, you know, I'm spending my time interviewing a lot of upcoming prospects. Recently published stuff with uh, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver at SMU. Uh, I did something with Richie James, wide receiver at Middle Tennessee State. So I'm just kind of all over the place, just uh, mainly interviewing the the prospects.
0: Let me ask you about this really quick. It's it's kind of draft stuff, but not really. You probably don't. The player doesn't matter. This is a guy who was a three-star quarterback, gonna go to UNLV, ends up going to Yale for whatever reason to Ivy League. Like if they're in the Ivy, if they're at Columbia, if they're at FCS, do you guys? How do you find them? Just because you'll see them because some coach sends you tape or sends you a message or something is that kind of how it works for these non-bigger programs or even like what we're gonna talk about in the west stuff like boise state colorado state but if a guy goes to ivy league he's still found because if you're good they're gonna find you some way or another
1: well the draft breakdown is a phenomenal phenomenal tool you know it's really utilized throughout the uh entire world of football i, I can't take credit for none of that stuff The you know they've got a brian perez who, who heads the draft breakdown they've got a phenomenal group of video editors who just they dig up tape on everybody it's really incredible and last year you know the 2016 nfl draft they had the largest video library in their history so it seems like every year they get bigger and better
0: yeah we use their videos a lot it's like oh they have a little blurb they have like they cut to- cut together tape I'm like heck that takes time why not use their resources and spread the word of their stuff i've been using draft breakdown with three years at least couple years it's They've been around for a while, but I've used it like the past 3 seasons just to and watch myself and to let people know if we're doing like a draft profile on this player, here's what you need to know, guys.
1: And I can't tell you how many people in the industry use it. And I I, I don't say that out of any bias. I really mean it. I'm I have conversations almost every single day with NFL agents, guys who represent, you know, 10-15 NFL players who who have told me, "Hey, you know, I don't have time to watch you know, 60 hours of college football on the weekend, I'll hop on the draft breakdown and I'll get my opinion on a guy right on there. So really, I mean, it's not just for fans. Everyone uses it.
0: All right. So let's get to what we're talking about. Cause yeah, I've seen in the rounds. So it's like, I find it's like, you're right. You cut down 10 minutes of tape, six yeah. minutes of tape, you have 50 plays or something. Yeah.
1: So it's, oh, yeah. it's
0: If you don't use it, recommend, I'd recommend go finding it for whatever search a player Odds are it's there or it's going to be there soon once the CC gets going, if a player has some good stuff. But our topic, we're going to focus on the Mountain West, clearly, because that's what we do at the MWC Wire. And we know we're going to get to Josh Allen, but we're going to wait for him to make you guys listen to the other talk, because heck, we want want people to listen longer than four minutes or something. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) But we'll get to him momentarily. You You had something up, looks like, recently on him, but... There's typically Mountain West gets what maybe a ten players drafted every year eight to ten so it's a almost one per team it seems like close to there yeah let's who's a player like let's start with you let me start with you. Let me ask you you're the expert here I know a few players as well I gave you a couple like oh let me look into them like who's some of the seniors like let's start defense I guess there's a couple of guys who could be pretty good let's start with um I guess defensive back if Andrew Chotry at San Jose State who. Their programs usually not very good. Since say hey, David fails a couple years ago, they've been pretty garbage. But their secondary, for some reason, has always been good. Like they've been they been been wickery with the Panthers for a while. They've always had a good pass defense. Does he fit any sort of chance to be like? What would you describe him a bit? Maybe, I, kind of give me a quick evaluation of what you see
1: or whatever. He's a good player. He's a ball hawk. You know, last year, uh, fourteen pass breakups. How's that for a statistic? Fourteen pass breakups. Uh, made some plays on the ball as well you know besides that four interceptions two fumbles forced he's a guy who I finds around the ball a lot and I agree I think he's got a he's got a future he's got a future in the NFL he's a versatile guy he hasn't just played corner he's played a little safety in his career as well a little bit of linebacker he's got a nose for the ball and he's and he's dangerous when the ball's in his hands as well you know I think he had something like a 115 odd yards uh 115 odd yards off interceptions last year off his four picks so when he picks it off he's a threat to score
0: so with players like that in the nfl like guys who have a ton of pbus a lot of yards a lot of interceptions touchdowns are not off of those what do they look for if like the NFL? if, he, if he's going to be what just say safety or whatever he's going to be because you said he played multiple spots you could that gives a better chance to make a roster so when you're talking to scouts or they're evaluate, when you're evaluating players, what's more important for a defensive back if he makes pass breakups, if he gets interceptions, a lot of tackles? Like what's one, is there like a key stat that people look for? Like he's going to be drafted here because he has, say, 20 pass breakups or six interceptions.
1: Well, they're always looking for guys with ball skills. I mean, that's no secret. And, and, and the key for him in, for this coming season is just going to be consistency. You know, it was great that he did the things that he did last year. They were fantastic. But he's got to go out there now and do it again. He's got to be consistent. And he does have some areas of his game that he can improve. You know, one thing that I look for out of him this year is he's got to be more aggressive versus the run. Specifically, when I watched, uh, you know, him against Air Force last year, he just seems too easily taken out of the run game. You know, he, he, he doesn't come aggressively downhill. He's not attacking the run. He's just a little too passive when it comes to that area of his game. So I'd like to see him develop that a little this year.
0: Yeah, San Jose State could use that. Their rush defense the past couple of years. Oh yeah, like part of it's been just awful. Part of the reason they're if you look at the raw numbers like the yards per game, San Jose State's pass defense looks better than what it is, even though it's still pretty good because teams are shrine. But if you look dig, dig deeper, like you have with uh, Chautry and then uh, like I said, Benay Benwickery, there's talent back in the past couple of years. The yards per game is misleading, but they get pass breakups, they get picks, but that's an area like. San Jose State needs that help. If he could do that, if the new coaching staff say, hey, come move up on certain situations, that'll not only help the team, but that could help him maybe, uh, again, NFL, if you're versatile, if you could take three spots for one roster spot, you're going to be on the team.
1: The more you can do, the better. And just like you said, they've struggled uh, defending the run the last couple of years. And part of that has to do with exactly what you said. They've had some talent back there. The secondary does have some talent, and teams are aware of that. So you're gonna you're you're gonna end up facing some challenges in the run game and, and that's where they've gotta get better and that's where he has to get better.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. They got that early game playing Quinton Flowers in week one, so or whatever you want to call it this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> the upcoming right, game. Right. That'll be interesting. That's a pretty good opponent, even though he runs a lot, but he can chuck it too. So let's move to the other seat one other seed or defensive player. New Mexico's defense, oh man. Uh, they yeah. gotta get better for, <laughs> for the season. But they have Garrett Hughes, who's back there. Defensive lineman he's I believe he's like an all-conference player he's one of our top I think we did our top 50 countdown I think we put him in the top 20 I want to say does he have any chance of maybe making some noise even though because he plays in a bad defense what is what do you have to do like let me kind of broaden that up again sorry but if he plays for a bad defense how can he shine to say I'm a good player at the next level what can he do if his numbers may not be there or his team gives up 50 points a game or whatever
1: where there's talent, the NFL will find it. And Garrett Hughes is a talented player. You know, he broke out last year in a major way. 6.5 sacks. and You know, you mentioned uh, all-conference. He's fast. He's explosive. You know, uh, 7.5 tackles for loss. What he has to do this year, and actually it's funny, I, I read something recently. You know, head coach over there, Bob Davey, he's called him out this year in terms of he wants to see him staying in his gap a little bit more this year. He's got to remain consistent. He's a little too quick to abandon his gap you know he he thinks the plays go in one way he gets excited he abandons then it comes right back at him and he's no longer in position so he's you know he had a good year last year again he's going to have to remain consistent he's going to have to repeat those numbers that he put together last year but he's again he's another guy that's got to get better against the run
0: we'll see because you think when they play air force every year that you'd want to play your position football when you're going to get those option teams, and, right? And all the good running backs too. Like last year in the in that division, they played against Jeremy Nichols, Brian Hill. They played a lot of good teams. You'd think you'd want to stay where the running game is going to be, but he, we'll see. Because he, I think he does have talent. Again, it's just kind of interesting when you see, like, for people who don't follow the draft as closely as you do, or even less than me, or more than me, whatever. I've followed enough, but. It's like, how did this guy who played on a two and ten team get a second round pick? Well, like you said, if they're good, and not that New Mexico's that bad, but their defense has been pretty bad. But Hughes, it's, I, if it, New Mexico's to do do anything good this year, they need him to like stay in his lane and stop what's going to happen because they're the unit that needs any player that's good to probably play three times better to offset what their offense could do because their offense I think is probably one of the best with whatever offense he runs in that offense. Let me ask you about that. Let me kind of. Throwing one on you, hopefully it's not too out there for you. But New Mexico's offense, you've probably seen a little bit maybe, they run a unique pistol, triple option, veer option offense. For those running backs, like last year, Terran Gibson didn't get drafted, but he had, I think, 1,200-plus yards. They have Tyron Owens this year. If you're in an <laughs> offense like that, whether it's Navy and Air Force, but he's put up a ton of ton of yards, how come some of these guys may get picked or may not get picked? Is it because they're in a scheme? They think that's why they're playing so well? That overrides maybe what their talent really is?
1: Yeah, I think it mainly has to do with scheme. I think the most important thing is how does it translate? And that's you know, that's something that NFL teams are always adapting to. You know, you know, regarding what numbers he put up, how does he translate? How does he translate to our offense? Does he fit our scheme? And a lot of times these schemes they're just not viable for guys to, to make that transition to the next level. That's what I think it really comes down to.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I just you know they've always had like Especially last year, Owens had all. Seemingly, he had twenty-plus yard runs every other play. It seemed like going for, always had a big play. But it makes sense. Like you don't see that's why you don't see a lot of outside of the restrictions for their commitment. Air Force, Navy, those type of guys get the shot. But you don't see Georgia Tech running back scoring into the NFL either with uh, Paul Johnson out there.
1: Before you know a different conference, I understand. But hey, before Marcus Mariota, how many quarterbacks came out of Oregon that flopped?
0: Yeah, there's that too, yeah. How many people it, thought
1: Mariota was going to flop because the previous ones did?
0: And even with Joey going like Joey Harr- Harrington, he was a different QB, didn't play that well. Cuz Mariota has has the footwork to move around.
1: Exactly. So it, it all comes down to, you know, how does it translate?
0: It's also like going back to like Timmy Chang in Hawaii or when they go Texas Tech quarterback, who's really been good running those type of systems. And will Luke Falk, will he get a shot because he plays in that same Mike Leach offense? Right. It's all fun. It's, it's called, it's such a different game, but it's, it's the same game, but it's like not even the same game for all these schools, what they run and what they do. It's
1: very different, right? I mean, I've spoken to a a lot of guys who were just drafted recently. You know, I try to catch up with some of the guys that I interviewed and followed throughout the process, certain guys that I've had access to have communication with. And they're all telling me the same thing. Like this is, it's a different beast out here. And, And I, the first thing they always tell me, it's the same. I always hear it's so much faster. That's the first thing every guy says to me. It, it's so much faster.
0: So what do you think about Leonard Fournette saying it's not faster?
1: <laughs> I think he's <laughs> in for a rude awakening, to be honest with you. I think – I mean, we'll see. Yeah. That that shocked me a little. I'll be honest. That surprised me a little. <laughs>
0: he's played against the Jaguars, so maybe that's may- – Yeah, may-
1: maybe that. that's why it's not faster. Yeah, maybe.
0: When I saw that, I'm like, really, buddy? Come on. <laughs> let's wait till you play beat up against yeah. – um,
1: J.J. Uh, uh, Watt, he played the Texans, come on That, that, that was that shocking, and, and that O-line I don't have a lot of confidence in that O-line That he's going, in or that offense period To be honest with you so. Oh, it's
0: Yeah, I got a buddy who likes him He's like, Blake Bortles, Chad Henney Give me Lamar Jackson, let's wait till next Yeah,
1: season. yeah, I mean Ideally they want to be a team this year that runs the ball A lot, but in order to do that You gotta run it well And you can't fall behind early And those are two things I'm not confident They'll be able to do this year
0: be tough for them but let's uh let's kind of swing back here let's go to uh let's go to the offense really quick there's one guy like offensive linemen it's, it's critiquing however you want but there's one that i think that's pretty good there's other guys that might have a shot but i think jake bennett csu oh yeah the center there that's a pretty big position anywhere in the nfl like center like if you look at chase rullier from wyoming he's getting at least a little bit last time i checked first team reps a little bit with washington if even if you're backup out there at center, that's a, Key. That's probably what the second or third most important position on offense. What does he bring for this team? Because the Rams' running game with Dalen Dawkins, Izzy Matthews, even Marvin Kinsey last year when he's healthy was really good. So what is what is his future? Do you think uh, Purtel going forward?
1: I really like him. A uh, couple things that I like about him. First of all, you know something that NFL. One thing NFL teams are always going to look for on the offensive line is uh, ability to be healthy, their ability to stay healthy, and versatility. So he started all 13 games last year at center. You know, if you want to look to the year before, 2015, he started 13 games at center and left guard. So there you go. Right there you're seeing the versatility that he brings to the table. You play multiple positions, and he's a tough kid. One thing I noticed about him when I put on the tape is he plays through the whistle, man. He is tough as nails, and he likes to get to the second level. He will get up there, and he wants to hand out punishment. He's a good player. I I like him real. I like him a lot.
0: Is there any benefit to, like, past success for the Rams program, despite they have a new coach, Mike Bobo? Sort of new, I guess, compared to Jim McElwain. They had guys, like, with the Broncos. Who was it? Ty Sambarillo is with the Broncos' left tackle, I want to say. Right. And they had a guy oh, – shoot. Didn't they have a guy last year drafted from the Rams, I believe, that went somewhere? Giants, I want to say?
1: Colorado State. Uh, I don't recall. I don't, if it was, yeah, I don't recall. My, I mean, my
0: uh, – I, I, I tried to throw it at you, but I, I know Ty Samburillo is with the – Broncos. Correct. But how does that help? Like, if even a new coach, you just have like two kind of two side questions here. He was at Georgia before. They run the ball a lot. You know, that little thing people say about Bobo. And then with past success for the program, does that play any impact about maybe program success? Like, they always turn out like you always see like linebacker you or quarterback you, or whatever. They have a couple offensive linemen, Rams doing well. Does that make a difference? Like, they may prop them up a tiny bit or maybe give them benefit of the doubt at all just because there's programs had, say, three guys drafted the past five years of that position or on the line? Does that make any difference at all?
1: I think it makes a little bit of a difference. I think what's going to make the biggest difference for a guy like him this year, to be totally honest with you, is that he's got Michael Gallup on his team. And I think teams are going to be traveling down there in bunches to see him. So, you know, just by default, they're going to see Bennett as well. I think that's going to help him a lot. And you talk about coach Bobo coming in, they didn't run the ball well last year. And that's an area that they have to improve in this year. But one thing that Bennett was a huge contributor to was they were very good in pass pro last year. you know. And, and that starts with him. They were very good in pass protection last year. They gave up one sack per game on average. You know, 13 sacks last year the whole year. So, I mean, teams are going to be privy to his talent.
0: So, speaking of that, because they go out and play a decent schedule. They, I know Oregon State's not very good week one. They always play Colorado. They go to Alabama, like... That's a game where if you put, perform well against a really good program, especially that defense, how would that maybe boost his stock stock up? But let's just say, because Rams aren't going to beat Alabama. It'll take a minor miracle, but a major miracle to beat them out in Tuscaloosa. But if he performs well and doesn't give up any sacks in his position, shows he's driving back whoever he's going up against on the defensive line, well, how much how much extra would that give his boost for coming in next April?
1: It's a huge help. It's a huge help. One thing that uh, you know evaluators always look for with some of these guys, you know, who come from the small school, is how did he do when he was faced with a team like Alabama? How did he play against Alabama? And, and that's huge. And I've seen it in the past. I mean, look at the, again switching conferences here quickly, but look at MTSU safety Kevin Byard. You know, there were the small school concerns with him. He didn't get invited to the combine. Tennessee Titans still took him at the top of the third round. And he he was phenomenal in his draft year against Alabama. I believe he had two interceptions in that game, and that was referenced constantly when his name got brought up throughout the process. How they oh they played Alabama, he had two picks. He can hang. He showed he can hang against a bigger program. So that'll be huge for him if he can have a good showing there. It'll it, it, you know there's no value to that. It's invaluable.
0: So I kind of figured. So let's move on to another point. Offense, actual skill position. We should go reverse order that list I have for you. So. Rashard Richard Petty, he yeah. is kick return specialist, back-to-back conference player of the year at that position, returning, I think, he five or six career touchdowns, 1,000 yards rushing last year, going to focus more on running game running this year. Where do you see him? Because you had Donald Pumphrey, who's now with um, – oh, shoot. The, um, the Eagles. Eagles, yeah. Yeah, that's right, Eagles. He got picked up. Penny was his backup about over 1,000 yards. He comes in. Penny has the worst offensive line because four of the five guys are out, including – Nico Saragusa, who's unfortunately hurt with the Ravens now. Where do you see him? Because size is still an issue because he's a smaller guy, plays in the terrible West division, which may have inflated Pumphrey and his numbers a little bit because playing UNLV or Hawaii's defense or that Spartan rush defense, you know, is not very good. How does he project maybe even – it's not fair to say towards Pumphrey, but similar size, similar skill set, in my opinion, a little bit. How would he go because he's a smaller back and plays in a, like I said, division that's not great?
1: I'm really excited to see him in the feature back role this year. I'll, I'll say that much. I'm really excited to see him in that role because, you know, last year, you know, don't get me wrong. Defenses, they knew about him, but when they're, when they're scheming, you know, they're looking at Pumphrey last year, right? That's the first guy coach is putting up on the board. You're a defensive coordinator. You're going against San Diego State University. You're putting Pumphrey's picture on the board first. And that's what the note, you know, the notion to stop him comes first. So Penny this year, the feature guy, it's going to be his picture on the board this year. So how does he handle that pressure? How does he handle defenses keying in on him? So performance-wise for him this year, is it's huge for him. But he's a good player. I really like him.
0: And it also helps uh, because they have a third guy like Jawad Washington. He only had 55 touches last year and six touchdowns and eight yards per carry. So it's not like it's going to be all on Penny there because if he needs a breather bag last year, Pumphrey, then Penny, this will be Penny, then Washington. And if he's not doing – how much do you think he can help his stock? Because if he's not – he already said he's going to reduce his kick re, kicking ability or kick return numbers. He said maybe Stanford, maybe Boise State. I know the versatility is important, but would it give him more of a – it's like a draft – same thing, but draft boost or make him be more of a, oh, he's a feature back because, A, he's getting a ton of carries because Pumphrey had 349 yeah. carries last year, which is absurd. Penny had 135. So if he gets to 300 carries or whatever, not returning kicks – Are they looking maybe for more durability, see if he can do it, despite him being a major backup for two-plus seasons?
1: Well, absolutely. They definitely want to see, uh, can he handle the workload? Like you said, you know, 300-plus carries could very well be coming his way this year. Can he stay healthy through that? Can he remain consistent through that? Uh, In terms of the special teams, I mean, I get that. If he's going to be handling 300-plus carries, I get why you may want to reduce the workload on special teams, but... He's going to be a guy, as you mentioned, he's undersized. You know, there, there's going to be some knocks on him coming out, so he's going to have to do a lot. And teams are going to want to see special team ability out of him, and that's going to help him get drafted, and that's going to help him make a roster. But I, I totally get why they might scale back that workload.
0: Who would you say is a better running back, Penny or uh, Pumphrey?
1: Uh, oh boy, uh, I think I think Penny fits better to the next level, if that makes any sense. I think he's got a better chance of translating. I think Pumphrey was the better call, collegiate player, but I think Penny's got a better chance to, to make a roster at the next level and really make an impact.
0: Okay. I want to see what he can do as well because he's had – he's done well the past couple yeah. years. and so they, that, For them, my only concern – because I know numbers are everything, but with that offensive line being decimated from start, like a starting experience, that could be an area where, hey, you only put up like only 1,000 yards or something or only 1,100 yards. But, but- – I Hopefully people are looking at, like, why don't you have 2,000 yards like Pumphrey? It's like, well, I'm a different player.
1: <laughs> he's, and he's got an intriguing skill set. You know, he put on the tape last year. They motioned him out to receiver quite a bit, and he showed good hands when he was put in that position. So he, he's a versatile guy. As a runner, I find he's he's real light on his feet. He's got quick feet, but he's paid, he's patient as well. He waits for his blocks to develop, and he can navigate through the clutter. So he's got an intriguing, versatile skill set.
0: Yeah, I think that would help too because if you're a kick returner, you have to wait to make your move to make whatever you're going to juke left or right or whatever you're going to do. You want you have, you have enough good field vision to see, okay, I can wait a second here and see where, oh, my blocker's coming here. There's where a defender's going. I can wait half a second and make the right move. And that, that is a pretty big deal. And he had a couple of touchdowns receiving as well. And so it's... I think with, with San Diego State, if they get a decent passing game with Christian Chapman, that could open a ton up for everybody, him, the team, and everything. But it's... He's get back. I'm s I am want to wait waiting to see what he could do. Like when he plays Stanford, and even though Arizona State's whatever, they're not gonna be that great. But when he plays Stanford, that'll be an interesting game to see what they could do. Because last year, if I recall, Pumphrey what to he get, ninety five yards, not even hundred yards for Stanford. Right,
1: right. Yeah, he might have had one of his worst games last year.
0: Which makes sense. Stanford's really good, so <laughs> All right, let's get to the receiving core. We'll promise we'll get to Josh Allen shortly, folks, just because everybody's waiting to hear. <laughs> Whatever. But receiving group, like last year was the running back year for the conference with, like I mentioned, McNichols, Brian Hill, Pumphrey, um, Jacoby Owens, Air Force, a lot of guys out there running the ball pretty well. Now they got running back. I think they're finally back to the quarterback ever since Derek Carr has been gone and David Fells. They finally and Chucky Keaton, they finally have recovered and have great quarterbacks. They also have great receivers. You have Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, Devontae Boyd. Let's start with Devontae Boyd really quick. He missed most of last year. with It was a broken arm, I want to say. No, no. they had so many injuries at receiver. Knee injury, that's what it was, I believe. I, I think Some injury right. not... yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it was a knee. No, I think – no, it was an arm. I it was it. an arm. He broke his arm against Wyoming.
0: There were so many injuries. They had to put quarterbacks. Don't Steed played wide yeah. receiver last year for him. For a little he time. broke his arm so, against let's... Wyoming,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, I knew there was a broken arm and there's a knee. I think he had a knee tweak during spring or something – or last week of fall but... in fall, spring. So – what do you what do you about Devontae Boyd? Like, what can he do because he doesn't have enough film. He has enough film because the sophomore year he played a lot. Last year, not a ton. He has a new quarterback in Armani Rogers, who people are extremely high yeah. on, who has yet to throw a pass. Yeah. And I make I make fun of that every day because let's wait to see if he can make a throw. Yeah,
1: they're really. I fun. like to rub.
0: Well, yeah. So sorry, but uh, what do you see about Boyd? Like, how can he help, be helped with Rogers, who's a new quarterback? They have a good running game back. Most of their line is back. What's your overall assessment, like on Boyd, what he could do for this Rebel offense, which I think potentially could be pretty good?
1: I mean, uh, for me, what the big thing with him is he's a yards after catch demon. He's so special once he gets the ball in his hands. He's got a real quick feet at the top of his route. I think he does a real good job separating, right, you know, in and out of his breaks. And you know, he he's a smaller guy, you know, six one, one seventy five. It's the weight that I'm concerned with, but he still wins those contested balls. He does not get out muscled often there. He, he's a contested catch winner. The thing for him this year is, uh, you know, a couple things is the health, obviously. You want to, you know, he played nine games last year. That, that broken arm limited him to nine. You want to see him play the full year this year. That's going to be the major concern with him. Is I, I can already tell NFL evaluators are going to look at him and they're going to say, well, he's thin limbed. You know, he's got thin limbs can he handle a 16-game regular season schedule at the NFL? Is that a thing? Thin-limbed? That's a, that thing, a thing, my friend. I promise you that's a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> they worry about, can he take NFL hits? Can he take NFL hits? Even if you're a guy who hasn't been hurt that often, they will be concerned whether or not you can take NFL hits. I'm telling thin-limbed is words that I've learned. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've I've heard, like, I, I know it's an issue if you've broken collarbone. That can happen a lot, but usually hear the soft tissue oh, always a hamstring every time or a quad. That could come back at any moment. But, all right, man, it's a new one for me, thin thin limb. Limb, But I guess it's. It, I hear the bro- collarbone because that's how it is. But, okay, but you know, sure. You're the expert. I'll, I'll trust <laughs> you. You. <laughs> you know
1: what, though? Uh, you know, one thing I do want to say about him is, you know, people are concerned about the injury. is So he broke his arm in that game against Wyoming. That game went to three overtimes, and he finished that game. He played through that game with a broken arm. So no one's going to question the kid's toughness. That's for sure.
0: Yep, I do remember. I do remember now that triple overtime, returning to the game. So then Limbs, who cares? Come on, he finished the game with a broken arm. Give it he's to a,
1: him. He's a tough guy, you know. And, and last year, you know, that must have been tough for him going through that injury because that was, you know, it ended up it was his lowest yard total so far in his career. Seven hundred forty-six yards last year, were limited to nine games. So he's got to come back this year. He's got to show the ability that he can stay healthy. He's got to remain consistent. And I'd like to see him put on a little bit of weight, but without losing his speed. And that's another thing that'll be big for him.
0: All right, we've got two more receivers here we'll talk about really quick. Cedric Wilson at Boise State, he's a JUCO guy. Came in last year, did pretty good. Thomas Spurbeck is gone. They lose a lot of production, especially McNichols, even him in the passing game. What do you see from Wilson in his second year at at the FBS program? Boise keeps the same OC finally, which will help him and even Brett Ripon as well. What do you see for Wilson maybe as he's now going to take over that number one position?
1: I don't know how much time you got because you said only a little bit, but I really love this kid. I love Cedric Wilson, so it's going to be hard for me to just talk a little about him. (laughs) He was great last year, and I I really think he's potentially the most underrated receiver in college fall right now. I mean, you look at the numbers last year, over 1,100 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns, and as you said, that was as the number two to Spurbeck. So Spurbeck's gone. He's the guy now, and I expect him to have another massive year. He plays real big. I really love the way he attacks the ball in the air. That's the first thing that jumps out at me about him. But And he's a good route runner. He gets open. He's got moves after the catch, too. He's tough to bring down. He's a contested catch winner. He's got a special, special skill set, and it's a versatile skill set. You have to look no further than his game against New Mexico last year where he put up three touchdowns. Okay, first, you know, two of them, I think it was his first and third touchdown, were end zone fades. One-on-one down there in the red zone. He's tough to cover. You can't cover him with one guy. He's going to win that contested ball in the air. His second touchdown, you know, he was killing them all game underneath, right? They're giving him space. They're afraid of him. You know, they, they back up off him, and he's tearing them apart underneath. Okay, you know, what does that do to a defensive back? Okay, I'm tired of letting this guy catch the ball. Defensive back comes up, wants to play him closer, wants to play press, he fights right through it. He gets uh, what was that? I think it was a sixty-something-yard touchdown, the second one of the game, just on a simple go route. How do you defend the kid? I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, look at Air Force four for one ninety-three. Jeez.
1: He's special, man. He, he's quick off the snap too. Quick, quick off the snap.
0: So where'd you put him between? Because our last guy we're talking about Michael Gallup at CSU. Where'd you? How'd you compare those two guys?
1: Gallup's another guy I like a lot. It's uh it's tough to compare the two right now. In terms of Gallup, I wanna see him uh I wanna see him be consistent this year. You know, he had a huge year last year as well. Something like seventy think he caught seventy six cat balls, over twelve hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns. Guy Trances over from Butler Community College in Kansas, he's a big time player. He's another one just like Wilson, and he's special with the ball in his hands. He's a big yard after catch guy, and Coach Bobo, they use him a lot in the screen game. I actually read a statistic on him. He gained 225 yards alone off the screen last year. 225 yards on the screen game last year. So he's a he's a really, really good player. He's a good route runner. He runs the full route tree. Uh, and he's another guy, just like Wilson, who's really good at the top of his routes. You think you've got him covered. You think you've got him blanketed. And then he just creates a sliver of space. It's all he needs to get open.
0: Do you think with Gallup like he's had some like third or fourth team all-American consideration? Do you think that's warranted for his abilities?
1: I, I think he's I think he's great. I think he's better than that and uh, for him this year, again, I want to see him remain consistent. Another thing I, I didn't mention that I want to see out of him, you know how receivers get with run blocking, but he's got to get better in that area. He's way too passive when it comes to when it comes to blocking. so I'd like to see him improve that there. He's gonna to have to do it. He's gotta do it to play at the next level.
0: Yeah, you gotta do it all. You can't just be one one item, one trick pony guy to go deep or you're already versatile, but look at like I think the Patriots do a pretty good job. They receivers block well and they do the running game. Other teams do, so you gotta do it all. All right, you ready to get to the main event, I guess it is?
1: <laughs> I'm ready.
0: People love them some Josh Allen. With reason. Let me ask let's go back to last year. Were you, because um, we know Matt Miller was a guy who kind of, oh, he's going to be a number one pick. Did you buy that at all last year? Had he come out, he would have been that highly picked?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, last year, I don't know about that. I don't know if he would have been number one last year, but I'll tell you what, I think if he plays this year, like he played last year, I think he can be number one. I do. I really do.
0: So you wrote some something, a good breakdown over at draftbreakdown.com recently, just the other or the 21st What is that yesterday uh, today
1: today yeah today, I, oh, I, published today. That, I published that earlier this morning i i wrote it about uh i've been you know fine tuning that over the last month but yeah i published that this morning
0: so what's your impression going to this year because for me here let me i guess i'll give my impression of what i saw from him compared to maybe what others because i hear that i'm like okay he has a size check pr- a really good arm but when i go back and look at maybe i'm focusing too looking too closely to negative stuff at him he only completed fifty-five percent of his passes, which is not very good. Really is not good if you're gonna be a top quarterback in my opinion. And I go back to he does too much. Like Craig Bull mentioned, I think, with CBS sport, I forget who it was, Dennis Dodd or whomever, saying he's like Brett Favre. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense to me because if you go back and watch the Nebraska game last year, they were within that game, I think it was a ten to fourteen point game going into fourth quarter. He collapsed. He, some, yeah. not, nothing, not everything was his issue, but there's like a, a pick six. He had four turnovers, fumbled himself. He tried to be the hero in Eastern Michigan, doing a flip at the goal line, can't get in. He, when you look at the bowl game versus BYU, that final drive, he tries to thread the needle despite having a tight end wide open down the sideline to continue the drive. Uh, Mountain West title game, he tries to run on third and long, fumbles, at, fumbles the ball right at the one-yard line short of getting the first down. To me, he takes too many risks and – they haven't been paying off for the most part. Like he has great plays. So he'll thread the needle, get he got CJ Johnson in that title game down the sideline to come back for San Diego State, but from what I see, maybe I maybe I am looking at the negatives. I think he tries to risk it too much and they're not paying off more often than not.
1: And that's something that he has to learn this year, and that's why I'm glad he he went back and he returned this year. Uh he's got to make better decisions. Absolutely, you're right. I like him a lot, but the first, you know, negative that I that I see in him is exactly what you said. 55% completion percentage, 56 whatever it was. But that's not ideal. You know, typically I want to see my college quarterbacks over 60%. I mean, when you look at guys who've been drafted in the first round who were under 60%, the list is pretty alarming. Jake Locker, uh, Blaine Gabbert, uh, Kristen Ponder, you know, three recent guys, all kinds of guys who who struggled at the next level and you can all and you can look to that completion percentage with all of them matt ryan is a guy i just want to say for the record matt ryan's a guy who was under 60 so it's not impossible obviously but more often than not under 60 is usually a big red flag for me
0: and let me ask you this because we have there'll be a million i know when espn comes to town or cbs sports aaron taylor todd mcshay calling their games how many? What's the over under from comparing him to Carson Wentz? Just because they both <laughs> were like six inches after high school, and they're both coached by Craig Bull and they all played multiple sports in high school.
1: A lot, and and you can and you know it's funny you can see the comparison there a little. Absolutely, you know they're both big guys, and they, the athletic ability. I think that's probably why a lot of people are comparing the two of them. They're big, strong guys. You know the size is there, arm strength as you mentioned but they can also both run as well, right? And both of them pick up chunks of yardage with their legs. And like you said, Craig Ball, you know, he recruited Wentz at North Dakota State. So uh, I see it. I can definitely see it. So let me
0: ask you this. Let's go back to – there's a couple – ESPN's been hanging out there. A lot of people have been bleached report after the draft, just chatting with Josh Allen. So out of – here's – you know the story. Let's let people know who don't. He is from Firebaugh, California, which is near Fresno. He wanted to go to Fresno State out of high school. He's an undersized guy because he grew during JUCO. Got no, no, nothing. He's had pictures. If you see the ESPN piece, him and David Carr hanging out and stuff. It's like, he wants to go to his towns, a Fresno guy town, Fresno town. He gets no offers. Goes, goes to Juco comes back. Hey, Fresno, do you want me again? No, he had two offers, Eastern Michigan and Wyoming. And I think then Eastern Michigan pulls offer when he went to Wyoming, I believe for a visit, something like that. So basically one offer. And if you read that story, like, I think I have the tweet I sent you about it. Um, Tim Druder and Dave Stram's like, oh we got this guy chasing Virgil. I think he'll he'll be a good fit for us. You mentioned people find talent. How do they not find him? I know he didn't do the quarterback circuit. He played baseball, played basketball. He's from a super small town. And in that piece, I think you read it as well. He emailed what every head coach, every offensive coordinator and two called back after his JUCO year. How does how does three hundred teams three hundred coaches or however many coaches he emailed miss on on one guy? Like not even give him a look.
1: Like you're, you're saying, telling me, yeah.
0: you're telling me Utah State, you're telling me <laughs> teams smaller teams of um, Tulsa who likes to sling the ball, fill out Montgomery, team from the Mac, Sunbelt teams aren't like look at Brent on Middle Tennessee State. They found some guy like that. Why can't they? nobody returns his calls. That seems I get his hustle. I get it, but to hear him say only two teams called back seems pretty it's just it blows my mind, even knowing even before knowing he's a great quarterback, only two coaches have any interest.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a head scratcher. Like you mentioned, he's a late bloomer, you know, grew six inches. Uh, I, I don't underestimate. One thing I will say is don't underestimate what that did for him. Don't underestimate what everyone turning him down did for him. I bet it made him work harder. I bet it lit a fire under his ass like nothing else could have. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe he doesn't become the guy he's become without that. So, but you're right. They missed on him. Everyone missed on him. Everyone missed on him. I mean, 28 touchdowns last year, uh, add another seven on the ground, 527 rush yards. It's it's a head-scratcher for sure. You're not wrong.
0: So where do you put him? Like we hear the three quarterbacks, him, Allen, Sam, uh, or me, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. How would you put those guys before their season begins? What would you go? Who cares about team need NFL or anything? right now, where would you rank those three guys?
1: I've got Allen one, Darnold three. Uh, sorry, two uh, and Rosen three. I like Allen; he's my number one right now. I think I think if he puts up a year this year similar to last year, maybe hopefully limit the interceptions a little bit. He threw fifteen last year. You know, let's get that down to ten. Let's get that completion percentage over sixty percent. If he can do those two things and he decides to declare, he's my number one guy.
0: Pretty impressive. So number one overall or just number one in the quarter? Number one
1: overall. Well. Number one overall.
0: overall. Yeah, cause I was looking through like a few rankings. Right. I well,
1: know l- let me let me clarify I think a QB needy team will take him number one. So I think he's the best player in college football. No, definitely not. Yeah, I, I don't think he's the best player. But yeah, I, I do think he he can go number one overall. Absolutely.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, because teams will trade up. Look at teams will trade for quarterback. It doesn't matter if you're Absolutely. the best player. It doesn't matter or whatever. QB is important. Look what the. Uh, Mitch Trubisky thing, which is a head scratcher. They move up one spot to get a guy that could have got at three, but whatever. I, the I, Bears do the thing. <laughs> it,
1: it, 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 I like Mitch, though. I'll be honest. I like Mitch. So if we're going to get into that, you're you're, you're going to get an argument out of me. I like Mitchell. He was my number one QB last year. I had him number one.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. I just at the trading up for one spot where I – mean, I'm not a draft guy or no teams, but it seemed like he could have been there at three. That's awesome.
1: I, right. I think the fear there was that San Fran would have traded the pick to someone else. Someone else would have jumped in front of the Bears at two to take him. So, I mean, credit John Lynch. They they leveraged the Bears into a hell of a deal.
0: Oh, yeah. They got a good deal. And then look at same thing with the Chiefs. They don't really need a quarterback. Alex Smith is okay, but they traded it for Mahomes. My Texans got Deshaun Watson. Even though if you look at the extreme deal they went to get him for first-round picks, uh, paying Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Hoping he's the guy. But teams, that's a pretty. if you look at how deep that went, if you go back a couple of years, pretty pricey to get Deshaun Watson for what they paid for. Wow. But if teams need him, we'll see what happens. Look what the
1: Rams paid for golf. Yeah, six six picks. They gave up six picks: two firsts, two seconds, two thirds.
0: RG three man was it
1: three first rounders or something? And they haven't teams haven't learned their lesson yet. So you know you pay the price to go up there and get your guy. And you know and that might not happen this year. If you know a lot of people think the Jets might be the worst team in the league this year, I agree with that. If they get number one, I mean to me it's a no brainer. They got to go QB, and I think Josh Allen is is a very good fit there.
0: So I was looking before we kind of switched off to well, not topic, but kind of changed up a bit. I seen rankings like you say I, I get your point where he he'd be a number one pick, he's not the best player. I don't think anybody's saying he's the best player. But I saw somewhere like he Josh Allen, forty two forty second rated player overall. That seems like yeah. if, the worst I the worst I seen on him being like mock drafts is like maybe it's a pro football focus focus when like maybe twelve or thirteen but I've never seen him being like below a top twenty-five player overall. Like I saw him at CBS, like 42. forty-two. I'm like, that just I don't I don't get where that is because even if you don't like him at all, you would assume he'd still be a top thirty player.
1: Yeah, that's a little surprising to me, to be honest with you. Even like you said, even if you don't like him, he's got to be top thirty. I imagine he'll land in my you know who, it's obviously way too early, but I imagine he'll be somewhere in the. 10 to 25 range for me. I didn't, Unless he poorly unravels this year, obviously. But he's probably going to land somewhere between 10 and 25.
0: All right. One last thing here before we wrap it up about sticking with quarterbacks. We'll, we'll have another time talk about juniors and stuff because we don't want this extremely long today. But so quarterbacks overall, like you'll see Lamar Jackson. I like Brent Stockstill, Middle Tennessee State. Who are some other quarterbacks? Because last year, like really quick, like we had a super early top 25 I got jokes and laughed at for putting Middle Tennessee State 25. You see their wide receiver uh, quarterback combo? It's pretty good, folks. Phenomenal. People should, pay, people should pay attention. I don't care if they're in Conference USA. But like, who are some other quarterbacks? Like I, I'm pretty sure you saw the piece. Who was it um, at Yahoo now? Is it Pete Thamel Yahoo? Is he over there now? I believe so. Who said, who said this could be the greatest quarterback class ever? It's like he's also the same guy. Didn't he say Lamar Jackson was a wide receiver as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, let's like, pump the brakes on, a like, little, it, yeah. yeah. like come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's, pumping the it's... brakes on that. I don't know about that. It, it's far too early for that. I, I'm not sold on any of them yet. You know, we gotta see more out of all of them. Allen is my favorite. I like Darnold a lot as well, but after those two, I, I don't know. I, I I like Lamar Jackson as well. I should put him in there. I, Lamar's fantastic. I think he's not getting a fair deal right now. I think he can absolutely play quarterback at the next level. So I like the three of them a lot. Rosen, I'm not sure on yet. I got to see more Mayfield, uh, Falk. Uh, I don't see it right now.
0: Yeah, because looking at like Darnold, like my concern with him is that kind of Allen. My my thing with Mitch Trubisky, or people said amount of starts is not a ton of starts, which matters a bit. And then Rosen, he had injuries last year. The team wasn't very good, but we'll see how it goes. It's super early, but quarterback people trade up for anything. And but the best class ever. I'm like, come on, eighty three is pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's and, it's, yeah.
0: and we already know it's like. There's not, like, people say, oh, there's going to be some guy coming out of nowhere. That's already there. Josh Allen's already out of nowhere last year and didn't declare.
1: Yeah, so exactly. It's like, it's, it, could be a, you're, it could be a good class. It could be a fairly decent class. But you can color me shocked if it ends up the best class of all time. No
0: kidding. It's like, come on. This, uh, whatever. It, you get clicks if you want to do that. And we talked about it. So One, one
1: thing I'll say, uh, you know, I know you, we got to wrap up here. One thing I'll say about Allen, I think it's going to work wonders for him next year when, when everyone's evaluating him is uh the pro-style offense. Don't underestimate oh, yes. uh, the, the value that teams put on that in their pre-draft evaluation. I mean, look back to Winston Mariota. The numbers weren't even... You couldn't even compare the numbers. Mariota blew him out of the water statistically, and he actually blew him in the water when they played against each other. And I liked Winston, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything negative about him. But what set them aside for evaluators? It was that Winston was coming out of that pro-style offense. They felt he was already leading an NFL offense. And it's very similar for Allen with what Craig Bull, Coach Bull, runs down there. So that's going to work wonders for him. And you can see it. He's expected to make all the throws. You know, he, may, he he's expected to make reads. He scans the field. They ask him to do things that a pro quarterback does. So I think that's going to play huge into his favor next year. And that's a big part of the reason I have him number one right now.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. I remember I used to work for a BYU show, and we talked about Tanner Mangum. It's like, how will this new offense with Ty Detmer be going away from what Bronco Mendenhall and go fast, go hard garbage, they ran there forever? But a pro-style set, like, those guys will get to – maybe that's why Lamar Jackson, a little bit lower for some people. Or like, There's questions with Marcus Mariota at Oregon, what he did. But if you're in that pro-style set, like USC does it, UCLA mostly does it, Wyoming, teams like that, if you're already going two, three wide, under center half the time, you're good to go. I think that gives you
1: some sort of boost, but it, works, right? it, it, it makes a huge difference to them. And, and don't underestimate the value of, you know, if I'm drafting a quarterback at the top, obviously, you know, we didn't have a good year last year. My job's probably already a little bit on the line, is it not? So if I'm bringing in a guy now who I think's going to take three or four years before he's ready to contribute, I'm not even going to be around anymore. If it takes that long
0: exactly you want like jared goff man i know you don't need to play all right away but going to cal it's rams i know rams were good but still you gotta you gotta show him something you don't want to smith back there again right look at
1: that i mean jeff fisher plays a huge role in, in trading six picks to move up to get him Coached them for how many games in the end what was it six games
0: if that he didn't even if, play till late in the year yeah if
1: that right i don't remember what week it was now but you're right four four to six games he ends up starting so Fisher's influential in making that decision to trade up for him. He's already out of the picture. Same thing happened in Tennessee, actually. Right, Ken they don't, they, you know they didn't trade up for Mariota, but they draft Mariota. Ken Wisenhunt coached him, I think it was, for six or seven games. He got the ax mid-season after a loss to the Texans. Same thing.
0: Do your homework, folks, right? That's the thing. Do your homework. If you want these quarterbacks, don't reach too much. All right, Justin, this is great stuff, man. Thank you for hopping on, chatting all these mountainless players, going through quarterback stuff. Check his stuff out, Justin Mel at Justin M underscore NFL. Let's see. what? Let me get this right. Draft Breakdown, uh, the Draft Wire at USA Today, uh, Titans Wire. Anything else I'm missing there? Is that good?
1: That's all for now. Uh, I'm keeping it to those three for now. <laughs> for now. Between those three, it's a full plate. But, uh, uh, yeah, you can catch me on all three.
0: Exactly. Thanks a ton, Justin. We'll chat with you soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Jeremy.
0: All right, let's think one more time. Justin Mello. Check him out. Draft breakdown. Uh, check him out at the NFL Draft Wire. Titans Wire does a ton of stuff. At Justin M underscore NFL Twitter. And he has Josh Allen, number one overall top pick. And again, he clarified, not the best player, which I understood and hopefully most people do as well. But NFL is a quarterback in the ED League. Teams will trade up. They may reach for a quarterback. Rightfully or so, but as for top quarterbacks, he has Allen number one without his with his faults, of course better completion percentage. Don't force too much. He can make all the throws. So I hope everybody enjoyed that show hearing about offensive linemen and defensive players. Heck, we had some New Mexico love in there too, talking Garrett Hughes and some other players like uh, also CSU offensive lineman Jake Bennett. There, great center talking Rashard Penny got through most of the teams that have a prospect. So I'm glad, thankful uh, Justin was able to come on. So definitely check out his stuff. He wrote a piece recently on Josh Allen. Took him a while. We'll put it in our newsletter. So if you want to subscribe to that, check out that stuff. Probably Twitter, Facebook as well. You probably can find it. But just uh, definitely search out that piece. Really good info. Good clips. Uh, good breakdown of how good Josh Allen is and what to expect. But that is our show for today. Talking NFL draft. We'll have Justin on again. Probably not until draft season. So... February, March, April, around those times once he gets to get his eye on all these other prospects and he interviews a lot of them as well. So we appreciate for Justin hopping on. So definitely um, check out his stuff. Subscribe here to our feed here. We're on Blog Talk Radio. We're on TuneIn. We're on Stitcher, iTunes. Leave a review. I don't want to beg, but come on. Leave a review. And yeah, have some fun. And one other uh, note as well, the college football season is here. Opening weekend, we'll have our preview podcast we've done podcast just the other day depending what order you're listening to this clearly Uh, me and matt did our prediction show we'll have our actual preview show wednesday night thursday morning so appreciate everyone listening following us at our new home here at cfn and as always we end the same way we're biased against your team